welcome to the Volva Diaries with host Dr. Amanda Selk, bringing you the 101 on vulvovaginal health. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk to Dr. Terry Vanderland, a general gynecologist in New Hampshire, and she's an expert in sexual counseling. So we're going to talk about how to counsel patients about their sexual health when they have vulvar disorders. Hi, Dr. Vanderland. Thanks for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. I'm a gynecologist and I've been practicing for over 30 years, so I do all the routine general problem GYN visits and stuff. I've given up surgery and giving up uh, obstetrics along the way, um, so I'm mostly focused directly on gynecology, but I've also had so many of my patients say that they have trouble with their sexuality, most of them with low desire, some of them with pain, etc. So I did a fellowship training in sexual counseling, and this is different from sexual therapy in that... A sexual therapy is by an actual therapist who can diagnose mental conditions and can work with prior trauma and all that kind of stuff, as opposed to a sex counselor is a medical person who can prescribe medications, who can also talk about prior experiences, communication, etc. So I'm a gynecologist and I'm a sexuality counselor. And do you see vulvar patients that have problems with their sex lives? Absolutely. So in the patients with vulvar disorders, we can just assume that there's something that is causing them pain, discomfort, burning, itching, tightness, dryness, etc. So we can just assume that there's some sort of negative connotation, some uh, discomfort going on. And what we're striving for, I think, in the medical world is we're trying to get them to a place of neutral. What I'm striving for them in the sexual world is to get them to a place of enjoyment and pleasure. So how can we do that psychological mind flip? First, we have to treat them medically with all the best and right ways, most standard of care. But, you know, sometimes, like I had a patient the other day that she had been getting the standard of care treatment for three years, and she had tried absolutely everything, all the right stuff, all the right diagnosis and everything, but not getting better, not getting better, not getting better. She's really shy. She's really withdrawn. She's really flat affect. And so we talked to her, talked to her, and come to find out, oh, yes, by the way, there has been some history of abuse. So again, it's going beyond that medical to look for the psychological, look for the emotional, look for the prior histories, and then be able to address those things. And I don't expect every clinician to be feeling totally comfortable with being able to address everything sexual. But I think every clinician should have this on the forefront of their mind in terms of you should be able to answer a patient with basic information. And if you can't, then refer them um, to some place that you know that they're going to get good care. So do your best, do everything you can, and then just try to get that discussion going if you can. Are sex therapists and sex counselors easily available in most regions? Great question. Um, there's a society called ASECT, the Association of 
uh, sexual counselors, educators, and therapists. And if you go to the ASECT website and say, find a provider near me, there'll be tons of therapists around. There's very few sexual counselors because most therapists work on the psychological stuff and most doctors work on the medical stuff. But if you can find a counselor that can work with sort of both together, then that's sometimes I think helpful that you don't have to go to multiple providers to get the same kind of treatment. Do you have approaches for when uh, people have major body image issues related to scarring from some of their lichen conditions? Very good question. So with the lichen, absolutely. I, I, I hear people saying all the time that they feel broken, that they feel defective, that they feel they can't trust their body, et cetera. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of body image stuff. And so from a gynecologic standpoint, we're trying to use medications and stuff to normalize or to heal or to improve and to reduce symptoms. Um, from a sexual standpoint, I'm also trying to get them to make friends with their body, be at peace with their body, to be present in their body, to be able to be comfortable enough with their body that they can share their body with another person. So um, yeah, we do take it to a, another level when we are trying to get healthy body perspective, healthy body image. And yeah, we have some different exercises and stuff. And I think it helps a lot to work with a partner too, because then the partner can be the, the total support. Oh, things are getting better. Oh, this is helping. And oh, and how can I help? And what can I do? So yes, we can work with body image. Sure. Before you said you focus on things that people find pleasurable, do you give them more specific advice or it's just more exploratory? Oh, very specific advice. <laughs> so um, I'm all about pleasure. And if a woman hasn't had an orgasm before, well, then we go back and we try to find emotional, physical, medical, psychological, and, you know, any reasons why that wouldn't be happening. And we address all of them. Um, so like somebody hasn't had an orgasm, they're not having pleasure. Okay, is that because they're on antidepressants? Are they on blood pressure medicines? Are they on um, any medicine that is going to dry up that area, like an antihistamine? So can we first make everything as healthy as possible as best as possible? And secondly, can we take it to even a better point of pleasure? So what can make the clitoris best functioning? Well, we know lichen sclerosis and other vulvar diseases hit the clitoris and the outer labia a fair amount. So if we're treating that and we're getting the good blood flow to the area, good nerve endings to the area, and being able to be present with yourself and your body and um, to have an emotional feeling that, that you're okay and that things are improving. Yeah, we can, we can make a really good progress in the, I deserve pleasure and I want pleasure and it's okay for me to have pleasure. And that's a good goal to have. When people have scarring over the clitoris, do you think that affects their sexual functioning or not? Not necessarily, because the clitoral hood is very, very thin, and it's fairly mobile in, in a lot of cases. And so the clitoris can still be felt underneath the skin and underneath the hood. And so most women can get a fair amount of stimulation at the clitoris with just that little bit of covering. If, however, that it's really lichen and it's really, really thick and it's the hood is covered over with really, really thick uh, areas, there are some things which can be tried. The 
steroids, there can be surgical separation of that. There, there's sometimes people use some platelet-rich plasma. That's a controversial new thing that's out there, but sometimes that can help reduce the lichen. So the short answer to the question is uh, no, it's not necessarily a problem um, with vulvar diseases and being able to have pleasure and orgasm. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we need to resort to medications and surgeries, but most of the time we don't. And if they can just be retrained, that um, you know, using a vibrator to the clitoral area can make a difference, or just spending more time in foreplay and relaxation and dealing with, like, say, pelvic floor physical therapy to reduce any vaginismus, and to work with their partner to have you know somebody who's really supportive. All those things can get a patient to a pleasure place. That all sounds like great advice. Um, Do you have any other general advice for gynecologists and dermatologists taking care of these patients? Yeah, I do. Um, that we we don't ask about sex as clinicians because we oftentimes feel too uncomfortable about it, and so a lot of times so do our patients. But if we just automatically assume someone with a vulvar dystrophy is going to have some sexual issues, just assume that they're having issues. So how is your sexual pain, and what are you doing for it? So how is your sexual pleasure? What are you doing for that? Um, how is the tightness? Do we need to do any dilating? So I think that if we can say to everybody, how's your sex life? And just ask, then we can just immediately give suggestions to how to make it better. In the sexual counseling world, we use this mnemonic called PLISSIT, P-L-I-S-S-I-T. P stands for permission. Ask the question. If they're not asking you, ask them Uh, because they all have problems. Limited information, okay, so you're having this problem, and here's some things, here's some medicines you can try, here's some uh, salves you can use, here's some massages that you can do, some physical therapy. Specific suggestions in terms of what they need to be doing for treatment, what is their disease like, and then intensive therapy. If you've done everything that you know to do, but you feel like this is an emotional issue beyond the physical, then you can certainly refer to a therapist, psychological therapist, uh, counselor type person for psych issues, or you can refer to a counselor for just somebody to be supportive of the medical stuff, help the conversations around the sexual stuff, and, and get them working with their partner, having some hope moving forward. Is it very expensive for patients? Good question. Um, The way that I do it, no, because I am a physical uh, gynecology practitioner and I take insurance and and so I use the physical diagnosis guidelines so I can use lichen sclerosis, I can use vaginismus, I can actually use the medical diagnosis and then do sex counseling around that. So actually it's covered medically because psychologically we're talking about medical things. So if the physicians are doing the sex counseling, some won't be comfortable. So are there online resources for patients? ASECT, uh, what I talked about before, A-A-S-S-E-C-T, that has some very fabulous resources of where providers are. It has some good just general articles and resources about what kind of provider that you might like, but it does not have the resources for treating the vulvar dystrophies. ASECT is really just mostly about the sexual desires and functioning. So I think that we really need our two-pronged approach. We need our clinicians doing the medical, and we need somebody to support the emotional and the sexual and especially address if there's prior adverse events, prior abuse or whatever. 
all of that goes all in together. If you have just a few key points for clinicians overall to take home from this, what would you tell them? Assume that there's sexual problems, ask about it and, and treat it up front and uh, refer um, when you're beyond your comfort zone. That sounds very helpful. Do you know if ASECT has any resources outside of the United States? Yes, they do. It's an international society. There are practitioners around the rest of the world as well. You just have to check on the website, the location of the providers. That's great. Any last comments before we finish up? I'm just really glad that you're actually asking this question because so many people are afraid to ask. It, it feels so uncomfortable um, for a lot of people to even talk about, but just know that your patients want this and need this. So start the conversation with them, please. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. It's very fun. I appreciate it. 